Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Sothopoulos, the Statman on a Saturday morning, the 14th of January, 2017. It is 10 a.m. in the East, and we are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic invitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy as I take you through the world of sports. A good Saturday morning out there, everybody. The divisional round is upon us, the wild card round in the books in the NFL. One local team down, one local team still to play. They got a bye last week. The New England Patriots still alive, obviously, and they will be taking on the Houston Texans with a major uh, spread. A spread that I haven't seen in, in, in a while. Maybe maybe it seems like uh, longer than it's been. But 16 points the Patriots are favored this weekend against the Houston Texans. We'll have that game pick as well as the three others. But first we're going to look back on the wild card round where the only local team in action, the New York Giants, they fell and they fell hard to the Green Bay Packers, 38-13. to 13. It was a complete no-show by Odell Beckham. And his tantrum after the game, punching a wall and... Um, uh, really, that kind of thing is going to sour not only Giant fans, but New York sports fans and talk show hosts and, and uh, Madison Avenue very, very quickly. Uh, he, you know, if he's got some emotional problems, he needs to figure them out, figure them out fast if he wants to continue his perch atop uh, the New York sports scene. Uh, but he had a terrible week. Uh, of course, I picked him in the Fantasy Playoff Challenge, NFL.com Fantasy Playoff Challenge, uh, did not do well. He was the worst guy on the field with only two points. I had 81 as a squad. Not very good either. But we'll go through those picks too. And plus fantasy hockey. We go from week uh, 13 into week 14. So the official midway point of the NHL regular season uh, is happening basically uh, today into tomorrow. So we'll look ahead at week 14 and look back on week 13 with the weekly best and the hot pickups and injuries. So a lot to get to today. Welcome you to the show. Hopefully, where you are, it's uh, it stayed warm. If it got a little warm during the week in the Northeast, uh, hopefully it gets warm again. Uh, but uh, we might get a little snow. So south of New York, you might uh, you might get some snowflakes today uh, on a Saturday. But hey, what what do you have to do other than turn on the TV at 4:30 and just watch football for the rest of the evening? Get the fire going and have a nice nice evening tonight watching some football tomorrow as well. And then uh, hopefully a three-day weekend for you with Martin Luther King Day on Monday. Uh, but meanwhile, let's take a look at, uh, at last week uh, in the NFL, week number 18, the best performances. And the best performances were essentially Packers or Steelers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had the best week, 42 fantasy points. He was 25 of 40 for 362 yards and four scores. A, uh, a great week for him, uh, not terribly efficient, 25 out of 40, but the 362 and the four touchdowns with no interceptions, uh, that was plenty for, uh, for the big win. Uh, 42 points for him in the win over the Giants. Randall Cobb was the second-best player. He had three of those four touchdowns that Rodgers tossed, five catches in all for Cobb on seven targets for 116 yards. Antonio Brown also had a fantastic week. Five catches on nine targets for 124 and two touchdowns. Roethlisberger had, two, had those two touchdowns. He also had two interceptions. Uh, that's why he did not figure among the top. Uh, well, he was still the second-best quarterback 
in uh, in in the wild card weekend out of the eight, uh, but he did have two interceptions there. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was the best running back, 29 fantasy points, 29 rushes. That's one point a rush, 167 yards, two touchdowns. Also had two receptions for seven yards, and he had a great game. So the uh, the the killer bees, at least the running back and the right and the wide receiver. Did extremely well. Also, of note, Thomas Rawls of the Seattle Seahawks gave them uh, a solid game, and they haven't had a lot of great running performances this year. 27 rushes for 161 and a touchdown. Uh, He had 25 points uh, for the weekend. Unsung heroes, Tavares King of the Giants. Three catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The only touchdown that Eli Manning threw. He also threw one interception, a loss to fumble, a bad day for Eli Manning, but he still finished third among quarterbacks ahead of Russell Wilson. It was a poor week for quarterbacks not named Aaron Rodgers. Um, But uh, Tavares King, probably the highest, uh, the the biggest name on the list that you didn't expect to see among the top 20 guys. Uh, But in terms of rankings and how the quarterbacks did. Rodgers, obviously number one at 42 points. Ben Roethlisberger at 24 points. He had 197 yards, but he was an efficient 13 for 18. He didn't have to do as much with the uh, with the Steelers landed on thick against the Dolphins 30 to 12. Uh, Eli Manning had 19 points, just missed a yard short of 300 yards, but obviously missed quite a bit in terms of overall points as they lost to the Packers by 25. Russell Wilson, Two touchdowns, no interceptions. He had 18 fantasy points. The touchdowns were uh, relatively short in variety, uh, a four-pointer and a six-pointer, and uh, he had eight points from his uh, from his yardage, one point short of uh, getting an extra point uh, for 225 yards. We get a point every 25 yards for quarterbacks. Uh, Brock Osweiler at 17 points. He had a... Uh, um, well, he had a good day by his standards, 27-14 to 14 victory over Oakland. He was 14-25 of 25 for 168 and a touchdown. He also had a rushing touchdown, 15 rushing yards. That helped his cause. Um, below, the, uh, below Osweiler at number five, you had Matt Moore, who was sixth at 11 points. Matthew Stafford, boy, what a disappointing wild card for Matthew Stafford as he finished seventh among eight quarterbacks. Connor Cook and his four points because he had one touchdown and three interceptions. He was last. But Matthew Stafford, no touchdowns and no interceptions as Detroit, a forgettable 26-6 to in the wild card round. And he was 18-32 of for those 205, also ran for 15 yards. He had nine points on the weekend. Running backs, we mentioned Bell and Rawls. Those were far and away the best, the only two that were above 11 points. Bell had 29, Rawls had 25. Outside of that, Lamar Miller, for the Houston Texans, he advanced uh, with the Texans, obviously, but 31 rushes. That was more than anybody else. 73 uh, rushing yards and a touchdown. He had 11 points. Zach Zenner was fourth, or tied for fourth, with Latavius Murray. Both of them had under 40 yards rushing. The difference was for Zenner, he had 54 yards receiving. For Murray, he had a rushing touchdown. Those were really the differences between Zenner and Murray. Uh, Damian Williams of Miami had seven points. He was the leading uh, fantasy rusher for Miami uh, as they had a, uh, a really bad day against the Pittsburgh Steelers. As they, uh, uh, Jay Ajayi had 33 rushing yards, uh, but Damian Williams had the, um, uh, had the better performance by running back because of a four-yard receiving touchdown. 
and that was the only touchdown that Matt Moore threw. It was to Williams out of the backfield. Um, continuing on with our with our top eight, uh, you had a tie for seventh place. Aaron Rupkowski of the Packers and Paul Perkins of the Giants. Uh, Perkins rushed for 30 yards and caught three balls for 27. Rupkowski had a one-yard touchdown run among his two two rushes for one yard. He also had two catches for 11 yards. Wide receivers. We talked about Randall Cobb and his three touchdowns. Antonio Brown is two touchdowns, both of them passing the century mark, both of them over 30 points in fantasy. Cobb at 35, Brown at 32. You have to go quite a bit further down to get to the next guy, and it is Tavares King of the Giants. So King was better than anyone else uh, from the Giants, namely Odell Beckham, obviously. And he was better than most of the other receivers because of those three big catches. Uh, Devontae Adams and Doug Baldwin tied for fourth. Both of them with eight, I'm sorry, both of them with 12 targets. Adams only had eight catches out of the 12 targets, still had 125 and a score. Baldwin, 11 catches on the 12 targets, 104 and a touchdown. Jarvis Landry, 11 catches for 102, passes the century mark, and he gets, he gets 10 points. DeAndre Hopkins, 67 yards and a touchdown, five catches on nine targets. He had 10 points. Uh, so those were the top seven. In eighth place, Andre Holmes of the Raiders. Four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, the only Raider uh, on the wide receiver list. But you do have two Packers in Cobb and Adams, and you have um, you have one Steeler, one Giant, one uh, Seahawk, one Dolphin, and one Texan. So those are your uh, uh, those are the best that we have for wide receivers. Anyone else in this list we didn't expect? Paul Richardson caught a touchdown pass, three catches for 48 yards. He's on the list. Um, other than that, it was uh, it was pretty quiet for wide receivers. Tight ends, top tight end was Will Ty of the Giants. Four catches on six targets for 66 yards. So when Will Ty leads the way for tight ends, you know it's a pretty weak week for tight ends. Uh, Jared Cook was second for the Packers. Five catches, 48 yards. No tight end caught a touchdown pass in the wild card round. Deion Sims and Michael Rivera. Uh, the Oakland tight end, they were tied for for third place with five points. Deion Sims, of course, the tight end for the Dolphins. Four points each for Jimmy Graham, C.J. Fedorovitz, who were thought to be the best going in to uh, the wild card round. Uh, and Ryan Griffin and Eric Ebron were uh, tied for seventh place with three fantasy points. Kickers, Nick Novak, Matt Prater, Stephen Hauschka, all in double figures. Novak, two for two, 50-yarder included three extra points he had 13 points matt prater had two long field goals and no extra points that was good enough for 12 points he was the only lion that really did anything uh during uh during their game steven hauschka he had 10 points two for two in field goals two for three in extra points missed an extra point but inconsequential as they still won by 20 uh closing out the top eight mason crosby and robbie gold tied for fourth with nine points actually andrew franks had into the list tied for fourth with nine points none of them had a 50 yarder but crosby had five extra points and only one uh, field goal gold and franks had two field goals and two attempts gold had the extra extra points so franks had the average distance a bit higher um and also Chris Boswell was seventh with seven points for Pittsburgh. Didn't have to do much. Missed an extra point as well. Uh, and Sebastian Janikowski, two extra points. That's all she wrote for Oakland, and he had two points. Uh, for defense and special teams, the best one on the list, the Green Bay Packers. They had a fumble recovery, an interception, but, so they had two turnovers and two sacks of Eli Manning. 
and they held the Giants to 13 points. They had 16 points on the night. Steelers, 14 points. They had two fumble recoveries and five sacks of Matt Moore, also intercepted him once. They had 14 points. They only allowed 12 on the board to the Dolphins. Houston Texans had 13 points. They held Oakland. They intercepted Cameron Cook, or I'm sorry, uh, Connor Cook three times, sacked him three times, and held the Raiders to 14 points. And the Seahawks with 10 points, uh, 10 fantasy points. They only allowed six to Detroit, the best in terms of allowing points. They allowed the fewest. Three sacks on the night as well, so 10 points for them. Rounding out the top eight, Dolphins and Giants had five points, Lions had three, and the Raiders, a big old goose egg, they didn't do anything. <laughs> they allowed 27 points to the Houston Texans in a game that Brock Osweiler was supposed to be the seventh-best quarterback, and uh, it was pretty pretty bad. Uh, so that is your look back at the numbers around Wild Card Weekend. Injuries coming up for this week. Let's uh, let's take a look at injuries for these games. Um, and we have uh, players who um, are out. We have a, a doubtful player as well. Jordy Nelson and James Starks, both out. Both will not play for Green Bay in Dallas. Jordy Nelson, that's a big loss for Green Bay. Out with a rib injury. James Starks, a concussion. So they are going to be um, out for, uh, for their games. Doubtful for this one, Ladarius Green for Pittsburgh. Uh, concussion, did not practice. He is doubtful for the game in Kansas City. Once again, uh, you know the, the tight end position has been ravaged by injuries this year. Uh, as, of course, um, uh, you have uh, Gronkowski, who is, uh, I believe he's, uh, he's questionable. I don't, I don't think he's necessarily... Um, actually, I think, it was, I think he was put on IR um, a while ago. Yes, he was. So uh, the, the latest on him, because the Patriots are playing, he is still uh, – there really is no update. He had surgery in early December, uh, so it looks like uh, that will continue. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to be back at any point during the Super Bowl, but stranger things have happened. And I always think when I think of players coming back from injury, I think of uh, Rob Gronkowski just because you never, ever count him out. Uh, but players who um, will look to uh, be questionable for this one, C.J. Proceis, who has been out since I think it was week nine uh, for Seattle. Uh, no, I take that back. He's been out uh, since week 12. Week 12 was the first game he missed. He missed the last six games of the regular season. He will be a game day decision, a game time decision. He is questionable with a shoulder injury. Um, he did put in a, uh, a full practice. So that is a great sign for Seattle. And, of course, with Thomas Rawls handling the uh, rushing duties and doing such a great job for Seattle against Detroit last week, different opponent this week. Keep in mind, this is the Atlanta Falcons we're talking about, uh, the Atlanta Falcons of the explosive offense and the potential MVP candidate, Matt Ryan. Procise uh, may be able to spell Rawls a little bit and give them a little bit of a one-two punch. But, they, uh, but Procise had a full practice on Friday. Uh, also, uh, questionable, Malcolm Mitchell with a knee injury. He had a limited practice for the Patriots. He is questionable for the game against the Houston Texans. Um, that uh, that looks to be it. Also, Fitzgerald Toussaint for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Limited practice for him, questionable for the game at Kansas City, but he is third on the depth chart, of course, behind Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams. Uh, so really not a uh, not in terms of not a fantasy threat that you would that you would uh, really want to. Um, uh, take a look at. So that is where we are for uh, football going back into last week and then looking at the injuries this week. We will have the game picks for you before the bottom of the hour. Uh, for now, let's take a look at um, uh, at our 
playoff challenge and take a look at what the uh, uh, what the future holds. So we had six players out of the out of the eight that you play because you picked a quarterback, receiver, tight end, kicker, and defense. Six of them won their games, and so those point totals are doubled if I choose to stay with them. Those players are Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Lamar Miller of the Texans, Antonio Brown of the Steelers, Jimmy Graham and Stephen Hauschka and the Seahawks D, all from Seattle, and they all are worth double. But looking back at what happened last week, Antonio Brown was the top point scorer for me, 24 points uh, on uh, on his week. He had 100, his 124 yards and two touchdowns. Second among all wide receivers to Randall Cobb's 29. That is by NFL.com scoring. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Seahawks' defense was uh, the third best, or actually tied with the Packers and the Texans for the second best defense uh, behind the Steelers and their 20 points. Uh, so that was a, a productive week. Lamar Miller was third among running backs behind Le'Veon Bell and Thomas Rawls. And among quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger was tied for fourth with Eli Manning, but he did have 12 points. Uh, those were the top scores. The rest of them were in single digits. Stephen Hauschka had eight points, Jay Ajayi with four, Jimmy Graham with three, Odell Beckham with two. So now the question is, which players do you keep because they're worth double? So if you're going to pick a player over this player, you have to think that they're going to do more than twice as well and maybe has uh, have some more legs in terms of getting further in the tournament so that their points are counted double. Because if they're not as good of a uh, possibility to advance as your player, your player is going to be worth triple next week. So that is a thing to think about in this NFL.com Fantasy Playoff Challenge, and it's a fun game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm ranked 196,574th, so... Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of good players out there, uh, but still it is something to, uh, uh, something to take part in. And it's a lot of fun. So first for quarterbacks, is Roethlisberger going to be, um, half as good as Rogers, half as good as Brady. And will those players advance or those teams advance, uh, more easily than Roethlisberger? And I think uh, I think Tom Brady is going to go quite a ways in this tournament. And I think Rodgers is also a great play. I probably should have taken him last week. But I'm going to take Brady. I'm going to take Roethlisberger's double points off the table and go for Brady. Uh, with uh, Lamar Miller, uh, the question there is, who is better than uh, Miller? And, and obviously Le'Veon Bell comes to mind. Ezekiel Elliott comes to mind. LeGarrette Blunt as well. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see Ty Montgomery – Coming up with a much better game, Devontae Freeman. That could be uh, that could be a big one, um, depending on whether you think the Falcons will advance. And that's uh, you know the, the they're playing the Seahawks and the Seahawks lock the run down. So that is a difficult one. Um, I, I also like Spencer Ware. I do have to change one running back for sure because Jay Ajayi's Dolphins did not get past Pittsburgh. So I'm going to pick Spencer Ware with one of those picks. Uh, Spencer Ware is going up against a, a Pittsburgh Steelers team. That is uh, that is very good, but if the Chiefs are going to win, Ware has to be a big part of it, and I think he will be. I don't want to give away anything, but I, I think he will be. Um, in in terms of um, uh, Freeman, I, I think I, I think I mentioned that uh, uh, the the Seahawks were good against the run. I mean, they're they're, they're a good defensive team. Period. Um, so that that's a that's a thing for me that that I would. Uh, um, you know, Devontae Freeman is one of a bunch of weapons, 
And while the Seahawks have a good defense, they can't possibly cover them all. And, you know, if you pick your poison. Do you, do you stay in the box to try and shut down Devontae Freeman or Tevin Coleman? And that might allow Julio Jones to go crazy or Taylor Gabriel to go crazy. Um, and that, uh, that, could be a potential, um, that could be a potential worry. So, you know, I, I, I look at the rankings, but you also have to feel for how you think the game is going to play out. Uh, and, you, you know, do you pick Spencer Ware or Le'Veon Bell? That's a very good question. Do you think the Cowboys will get past the Packers? And if so, is Ezekiel Elliott going to be a major part of it? Uh, those, are, those are all excellent questions. Um, I wouldn't go with Blunt just because I went with Brady. And if you're going to go completely on one side, unless you're a Patriots fan, you may just want to completely stack your lineup with Patriots thinking they're going to get to the Super Bowl and beyond. That might be a winning, that might be a winning strategy for the uh, uh, fantasy uh, playoff challenge. Um, but I'm going, to, um, I'm going to actually go with, um, with Ware and with Bell. I think they will both have good games, even though one of them will be eliminated this week. Wide receivers. I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm taking out Odell Beckham because he's, uh, he's done. I'm keeping Antonio Brown because he's Antonio Brown. Uh, so I have one wide receiver spot open. I'm going to give it to Julio Jones. I think uh, Atlanta will play well this week. And I'm going to um, put Jones in there. In terms of the tight ends, boy, it has been such a disappointing year for tight ends overall. And Jimmy Graham, um, you know, among among those that are that are left, uh, he's the most started at this point. And is Martellus Bennett going to be twice as good? Or Travis Kelsey be twice as good? Um, I don't think so. So I'm going to put Graham in there. Um, Stephen Hauschka is a kicker. Um, you, you know, at, at this point. Double any kicker, you stay with the kicker because, um, you know, at, at this point, no one's going to be twice as good, I would think, unless you get a kicker who is going to go all the way to the Super Bowl. If you're convinced the Patriots are going all the way to the Super Bowl, now's the time to get Gostkowski, not so much next week, because by the Super Bowl, his points will be worth triple. And that's uh, that's the whole point. So that's that's the only issue I would have. And you know, if you think that the uh, this, the Patriots are going to be held to field goals, then Goskowski's uh, value rises. If you think it's going to be extra points, as I do, then he's not going to get a lot of points anyway. Um, so that's the that's the issue. Um, so I'm going to stick with Hauschka here, just because I, I uh, uh, I'm going to hedge my bets on the game against the Falcons. And in terms of the defense, do you think the Seahawks are going to be as good? or, uh, or um, half as good as any of the others. If you think the Seahawks are going to lose, now might be a time to jump ship. They're facing a top offense like Atlanta. They're going to have a tough time on their hands anyway. Um, I would look at the, um, you know, if the Patriots win this week, they're going to go up against either the um, Chiefs or the Steelers, and they both have pretty good offenses. The games would be in Foxborough, though, uh, so that is something to think about. Um, in the NFC, do you, do you see any um, uh, any easy ones? I mean, in, in terms of defense, Dallas and Green Bay, that could be a shootout. Atlanta and Seattle, you know Atlanta's uh, offense. So um, I would say the Patriots' defense probably just because I think they're going to go far, and I, I think the Seahawks are going to have a real tough time uh, defensively this week. So that is my lineup. Let me tell it to you again. Tom Brady is a quarterback. The running backs, I'm going to hedge my bets, Le'Veon Bell and Spencer Ware. The wide receivers, Antonio Brown getting double points and Julio Jones. The tight end and kicker are getting double points and they're Seahawks, Jimmy Graham and Steven Hauschka. So either they'll win uh, and get be worth triple next week, 
or they won't, and I'll have to go in, in a different direction. But I think the double points is better than um, it, it, they're they're going to be. Um, worth more than single points of anybody else at this point. And the defense to the Patriots, uh, and that is the beginning of the road there. Couldn't pick them last week because they didn't play. So that is a look at my fantasy playoff challenge. Let me know what yours is. Just uh, uh, talk to us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash sports with the Statman, and let me know what you think right on the wall, and uh, I'll make those picks known uh, specifically on Facebook. You can uh, uh, leave a comment with your picks as uh, we are ready for divisional weekend. Of course, conference championship is next weekend. Four teams left in each conference, and we'll find out the best two. Will it be the Chargers or the Steelers at Arrowhead Stadium? Will it be the Patriots or the Texans in Foxborough? And in the NFC, will it be the Packers or the Cowboys uh, in Dallas, as Green Bay is going to have to go on the road? Or will it be Seattle at a, uh, will it be Seattle or Atlanta? That game will be in Atlanta. So the, bi- the teams that got a bye week in the wild card, they are on display. They have the home games this week, and uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And by the way, just for the heck of it, just so you know, the most popular, um, uh, the most popular lineups in the wild card, uh, you had uh, three Packers. You had Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Mason Crosby. Uh, you also had two Steelers in Bell and Brown. Um, now looking at the, and you also had Ezekiel Elliott as the most popular running back, which is interesting because he had no points, but because they think he's going to go all the way, they want his quadruple points for the Super Bowl. So a lot of Cowboys fans writing their team right into the Super Bowl. That's a little dangerous. Um, but, uh, the, uh, most popular for the divisional round for this week, still Aaron Rodgers, uh, Bell and Brown are still there. Elliott, obviously, still there as well. But there are three Patriots now. Julian Edelman is a wide receiver, Stephen Goskowski, and the Patriots' defense. Jimmy Graham, last week and this week, still the most popular tight end. And that is how it looks there for the playoff challenge. Okay. Uh, now, let's, uh, let's move on to our game picks here, and uh, let's, let's give you what we think is going to happen uh, for all four games. Uh, there, there are a couple. There, I, there is one that I think is very easy, uh, and the rest of them I think are pretty tough. You look at the point spreads: Houston at New England, minus fifteen and a half, according to FootballLocks.com, and that is a bundle, a bundle of points. Uh, but you have to think that New England, the way New England deals with high point spread games, is they go up early and they go up big early, fourteen nothing in the first quarter. And that's when you know, okay, they got this game in hand, and all they need to do is outscore the other team by a couple of points in the final three quarters, and they got this game covered. That's what usually happens with the Patriots. If it's a tight game after the first quarter, you really start to worry. I don't think it's going to be a tough. I don't think it's going to be tough for the Patriots at all. I think they will have their way with the Texans. I know the Texans' defense is good. I know Bill O'Brien has Patriots roots. And I don't think Belichick looks at it as running up the score. I think they look at it as my best guys against your best guys, and let's see who can score the most points. So I don't think, it's, I don't think he'll pull punches late in the game and say, well, let's just win by 10 or by a touchdown because I respect Bill O'Brien. That's not Bill Belichick's way. He's going to put up as many points as he can and have his defense try and stop uh, the Texans as much as possible. And uh, they want to dominate. And I think, I think Tom Brady's still a man on a mission after Deflategate, and um, I, I seriously think that he will be uh, out there um, late in the game, 
even up by 20, 25. I don't think it'll matter. Uh, so I, I could see New England winning this one 37 to uh, 6, you know, something, some crazy number. Uh, but I'm going to pick New England uh, to win game. Well, actually, this, this one is tonight. That is tonight's game. Uh, it is an 8-15 start. And I believe all the games at this point are now uh, on the regular networks. So I believe you have uh, uh, the games on uh, the NFC games on Fox and the AFC games on CBS. I believe that is uh, that is going to be the case now. Um, and also, as we check the weather, now is always a good time. Yes, I, I'm uh, I, actually I'm right about the Fox games. Both Fox games are going to be on, uh, or both NFC games are going to be on Fox, Seattle. At Atlanta is the first game today at 435. Tomorrow's late, tomorrow's late game, Packers and Cowboys will be on Fox. Uh, but CBS has one of the games. Tonight's New England game against Houston. But tomorrow night will be a late game, a night game in Kansas City. Steelers at Chiefs on NBC. So NBC will cover, uh, will have a divisional championship game. Uh, because I believe, I'm not sure if CBS gets a Super Bowl, but they, they, I'm sure they'll make good on that somehow. Looking at the weather. There are three outdoor games. Falcons are inside. Uh, Patriots are going to be 29 and overcast with a six-mile-an-hour six It's going to be a bit windy in Dallas, but 62 and a drizzle, 10-mile-an-hour wind from the east-southeast. And the Chiefs, 36 and drizzle, six miles northeast. You have to be wondering about it, 36 degrees. It'll be a cold rain, but will it be a sleet? And will that affect things? I don't know about that, but we thank NFLweather.com for the forecast. All right, I gave you the Patriots game already. Uh, let's uh, let's move along to the uh, the first game of the weekend, Seattle at Atlanta. This is a tough one, and it is a uh, five point spread to Atlanta. This is not uh, a typical. You know, you, you think in your head of the Seattle Seahawks, and you think of a great, strong defense. You think of clutch uh, quarterback uh, play from Russell Wilson, and you think of Matt Ryan not having, uh, not doing well in the playoffs. But this Falcons team is so good, especially offensively. And they're playing at home, which they have dominated this year. And when the Falcons are good, they dominate at home. Seattle has typically been poor on the road. They've won three games this year on the road, two of them against bad, bad teams, San Francisco and the Rams. Uh, so I'm going to go with Atlanta to cover here. Could be a touchdown, could be 10 points. Uh, but I see it being 27-17. I think Atlanta will put up the points. And I think they will, um, they will obviously win the game, but I think they will win the game uh, with a few points in their pocket. As uh, Seattle, you know, when I think of Seattle of 2016, you know, it, it is it is very easy to remember the team that won the Super Bowl and think this is the Seahawks. And you never doubt the heart of a champion. That is something you never do. However, when you think of Seattle this year, you think of the game against Tampa where they scored five points on the road in Tampa. Now, Atlanta's a long way from Seattle. And, um, you know, Atlanta's defense is not as good as Tampa Bay's defense. But uh, I still think Atlanta uh, can win. I think they will win by a touchdown. Uh, so those are the two Saturday games. Atlanta minus five, New England minus 15 and a half. Both, uh, taking the favorites in both games. Now, Sunday, two games. To me, even tougher to call. Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Kansas City getting the bye week at the last minute as uh, they pulled the uh, rug out from, uh, from under the Oakland Raiders as they lost. And Oakland went down in defeat to uh, uh, to to uh, to Houston in in the wild card round. Meanwhile, Kansas City got a chance to rest. And Andy Reid, after bye weeks, is something like nineteen and two. Uh, and they lost to the Steelers, so they have a lot to prove. Uh, with the Steelers coming into Arrowhead, 
Now, of course, the Steelers come in on an eight-game winning streak, and Le'Veon Bell is at the top of his game, and Antonio Brown is at the top of his game, and Ben Roethlisberger's foot injury is not slowing him down. Kansas City is only favored by one point. A team coming off the bye week, number two rank in the AFC, only favored by one single point. I think Kansas City will get the job done. I think they will they will make a big play on special teams with Tyreek Hill. I think they will um, uh, they will run the ball extremely well with Spencer Ware. I could see it being um, uh, a, a high scoring game, a thirty to twenty seven type of a game, but it's in Arrowhead, and you never doubt Kansas City in Arrowhead. Pittsburgh is on a big streak. Streaks are made to fall. I'm going to go with Kansas City to win and cover the one-point spread the final game of the night um and 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 i guess i, I guess the kansas city game was moved to 820 i, I have to i have to get uh, official word on that because it was originally listed as a as a uh, one o'clock game so i apologize for the uh, if the timings are off uh but green bay at dallas of course that's going to be a huge game and that's in uh um you know that that is uh, on fox um so by the way just to give you the actual times according to nfl.com Seattle at Atlanta is 4.35 Eastern on Fox. Uh, meanwhile, uh, 8.15 Eastern on CBS, Houston at New England. Uh, Green Bay at Dallas, the Sunday game at 4.40, and Pittsburgh at Kansas City is an 8.20 on NBC. I was correct the first time. 8.20 game on NBC for Pittsburgh, Kansas City. So I gave you the late game first again. But Green Bay at Dallas. This one, of course, two national franchises, two teams that uh, are um, – uh, extremely, uh, you know, the, the, the history is everywhere. They're going to talk about the Ice Bowl again, and they're going to talk about, um, you know, the, the, the great matchups of the, uh, uh, of the last few years. Um, Aaron Rodgers, time-tested, and he will be, once again, he will be without Jordy Nelson. That is a big, that is a big uh, difference. And also the fact that Ty Montgomery, is the main running back. James Stark still out with a concussion. Eddie Lacy on IR. So Ty Montgomery is going to in running back. Dallas, you look at their strengths. Their offensive line is fantastic. They have a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back who never hit the wall. So that is something to think about. They haven't hit the wall yet. Will they hit the wall? Of course, Cowboy fans are penciling them in for the Super Bowl already. Uh, Tony Romo is now firmly the backup behind Dak Prescott. And Ezekiel Elliott is jumping into Salvation Army kettles. They also have Des Bryant, who has played a, an unsung role and kind of floated under the radar, if it's possible for Des Bryant to do that. Um, but the Packers were so impressive last week, even with Jordy Nelson getting hurt during the game. Randall Cobb was fantastic. And, you know, the way that the Packers are playing, Aaron Rodgers has to be the difference. And the way he's been playing, he has been the difference. I'm actually going to pick Green Bay in this one, plus five. They don't even have to win. They just have to keep it close. And I think they will definitely keep it close. But I'm going to pick them to win the game outright. Uh, Green Bay going into Dallas and, uh, and, and crushing their hopes. Now, whether, whether it happens against Green Bay or whether it happens against Atlanta or Seattle, I think if Dallas wins this game, I think they can very easily go to the Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, whichever team comes out of this one, I'm probably going to pick next week to get to the Super Bowl. And just based on how teams were playing early on, you know, the Giants were playing so well, the Packers were playing so well, and I really believed that the winner from that game would end up going far. Uh, in the AFC, it's, it's the Patriots to lose, but the Steelers are playing well, and the Chiefs are playing well. So, you know, that, it's, there's, I think, some stronger 
uh, teams right now, uh, in my opinion, in the in the AFC. But the Packers are the team to beat in the NFC now, in my opinion, and I'm going to pick them to beat Dallas on the road, plus five. So once again, here are all the picks. The first game this afternoon, uh, Seattle at Atlanta. I'm picking Atlanta, minus five. The final score I'm going for is 27-17. Houston at New England tonight. New England favored by 15.5. I'm going to go with the favorite again, and uh, I'm going to pick New England to win something like 37-6. to Tomorrow, the early game, it will be at 440. Green Bay at Dallas. I'm going to pick Green Bay to win at Dallas. Green Bay plus five, and I think the final will be something like 30 to 29. It's going to be a crazy game. And Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Uh, I've gone back and forth on both Sunday games quite a bit. But I'm going to go with Kansas City in this one, minus one, uh, for, for their victory and that game could be something like uh, 24 to 21. It's going to be a close one. And so four favorites, I'm sorry, not four favorites, three favorites, one underdog to win the game outright, and that is the Green Bay Packers. That is not a bad underdog to be um, when you're the Green Bay Packers. So that is how things look for the divisional round. Those are my picks. Uh, and I was 3-1 uh, and one last week uh, in terms of my, um, my picks, both against the spread and uh, also – uh, straight up, and uh, last week I ended up having um, uh, I ended up having the Packers Giants game wrong, but I got the other three correct, and with the spread too. Uh, I thought Houston would cover. I thought the Seahawks would cover. I thought the Steelers would cover. They all did. Uh, the only difference, of course, the Packers uh, beat the Giants outright. So um, three and one, both against the spread and straight up. Okay. Um, but we have a few minutes left. We have time to get into hockey. Uh, but just overall, in terms of rankings, uh, if you're doing stardom, sit this week. Let's do a little fantasy genius. Uh, we have some good ones. Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers, which one would you pick? Uh, and, boy, is that going to be a real tough one? The way Ryan has been playing all season has been great. The way Rodgers has been playing has been fantastic. You can't make a bad pick here, but I'm going to go with Rodgers since he is the hotter hand at this point. How about running backs? Le'Veon Bell or Ezekiel Elliott? I'm going to pick Le'Veon Bell. Um, I, you know, both of them are also at the top of their game. Just unbelievable players. How about uh, Julio Jones or Antonio Brown? Wow. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, with uh, Julio Jones, actually, in this one, mainly because he had the extra week to rest. I think Pittsburgh is going to have a bit of a tougher time against Kansas City, and I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Jones uh, this week. And finally, how about can we get a, uh, uh, a tight end pick? No, it doesn't look like it. So how about uh, defense, Steelers or the Chiefs? Boy, that that is not going to be an easy one either, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs um, doing a little better than the Steelers. Uh, I think the um, you know uh, Texans-Patriots, that's an easy one. Packers-Cowboys, I think neither one's going to be very good. Falcons-Seahawks, uh, boy, it could be the Falcons, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, so that's going, to be, that's going to be a tough one. So those are your fantasy genius picks. Okay, we have 38 minutes after the hour. Let's uh, get to our hockey coverage and look at the best from the past seven days, January 7th through the 13th. Nicholas Backstrom of the Washington Capitals was the best. Three, three goals, six assists, and a plus six in four games, a power play goal. He had 32 fantasy points. He was the best forward in the league. Rounding out the rest of the top five, the top local, Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins, five goals and an assist. His five goals were the best among anyone this past week. Uh, he had those goals in five in four games. Michael Boddicker of the Sharks had four goals. Uh, anyone, everyone else had three or less. 
So Marshan was also a plus three power play goal and a shorthanded goal and three even strength goals. So he completed the uh, the hat trick, which um, I don't know if anyone else had done. No, no one else did it uh, among forwards anyway this past week. Uh, so Marchand was second among all forwards with 30 and a half points. Third, Alex Ovechkin, and congratulations to Ovechkin getting 1,000 points in his NHL career. Three goals, three assists, and a plus six on the same line with Backstrom. They uh, made magic this week. And Ovechkin with his 17 shots on goal, that was tied for fourth. Patrice Bergeron had 21 shots on goal and no goals. A tough week for Bergeron. Uh, Evander Kane and Connor McDavid had 18 shots on goal apiece. McDavid had no goals. He had five assists, though. Bergeron with three assists, by the way. And 17 for Ovechkin, Patrick Maroon, and Taylor Hall of the Devils. Ovechkin usually among the top among shots on goal, but uh, didn't have the most this week. But still three goals and 26 fantasy points. That's good enough for third among forwards. We mentioned Michael Boddicker. Four goals and an assist in only three games and a plus three. He had 24 points. And Ryan Hartman of the Chicago Blackhawks, a name you don't expect to see on this list, fifth place, 22 fantasy points, three goals, two assists for five points in three games, a plus four, two penalty minutes. Just outside the top five is Michael Grabner, who's starting to get hot again for the Rangers. Michael Grabner now with 19 goals and only eight assists, Cy Young Award material. He had a hat trick against Columbus on January the 7th, and that was his full output as he was held pointless last night against Toronto as the Rangers are coming off their five-day bye that they uh, that every team has this year. The Islanders have theirs out of the way. The Rangers just got theirs out of the way, and the Rangers had back-to-backs. They lost against Toronto at home. They go to Montreal tonight, uh, 7 o'clock start. Uh, so looking at defense, and let's take a look at the best defenseman around the league. Brent Burns, boy, no, no surprise there. 36.5 fantasy points for him. Seven points in three games. Two goals, five assists, a plus four. And he had 11 shots on goal, which is among the league leaders. Not the top. Uh, top ten, though. Oscar Klefbaum of the Edmonton Oilers had 18 shots on goal. Only one goal to show for it. Zach Wierenski with 15 shots on goal for Columbus. And Shane Gostisbehere, the ghost, had a terrible week, but he did put the puck on that 14 times. He was a minus four with two penalty minutes. He had minus nine points for the week, but he did have 14 shots on goal. Uh, but meanwhile, Burns, 36.5 fantasy points. Nick Letty of the Islanders, 26 points, uh, two goals, two assists for him, a plus four. He had the only goal in an Islanders loss in Florida against Florida at home on Wednesday night where the, where the Islanders honored Jiggs McDonald and his 50 years in broadcasting. Congratulations to, to, uh, to Jigsy. Uh, Matt Dumba of the Minnesota Wild, third among defensemen with 25.5 fantasy points, a goal, three assists, plus four, and a power play. That goal is a power play goal. Drew Doughty also had a power play goal and four assists for five points and plus two. He had 25 points. He's fourth tied with John Carlson, who didn't have a goal, but he did have three assists and a plus six in four games. Those are your top five among defensemen. Uh, Goaltenders. Uh, let's take a look. Braden Holtby, by far the best. He was 4-0, and he had two shutouts. He only allowed three goals in four games, .75 goals against, saved 106 out of 109 for a save percentage of 972. He had 42.2 points. That's 15 better than anybody else. John Gibson was second, 2-1 with a shutout, 1.01 goals against, 971 save percentage. He had 27.2 points. Roberto Luongo, third with 23.8, 2-1 with a shutout, 168 goals against, 949 save percentage. Cam Ward, who's having a pretty good season for Carolina despite the rest of the team. Uh, They face the Islanders tonight in Carolina. 19.4 19.4 points for Ward, who had a clean sheet, 3-0, but a 2-6-4 goals against. That's a little high. So the offense has been doing well for the uh, Hurricanes this past week, a 9-20 save percentage. And Tuka Rask, Chad Johnson, 
the former Bruin and former Ranger and former Islander, uh, tied for fifth with 17.4 points. Rask, 135 goals against. That was better than Johnson's 178, but Johnson's 941 save percentage, better than Rask's 933. And Johnson had two losses where Rask was 2-0, Johnson was 2-2. Uh, so that is the look there. And finally, our enforcer of the week, a guy who gets points in the penalty box as well as on the ice. And uh, we will give it to David Backus of the Boston Bruins. Two goals and a plus one and 17 minutes in penalties in four games. Uh, that's, uh, that's good enough, and that works for us. So uh, let's take a quick look at injuries. Roman Yossi, undisclosed. He looks to be out for uh, at least a week. Um, but P.K. Subban is also on IR with an upper body injury. Their top two defensemen for the Nashville Predators, both out. Alexander Barkov, undisclosed, looking to come back from an injury. Sidelined indefinitely and not close, according to the Orlando Sun Sentinel. Two to three week uh, time zone for his return. Uh, it will be a little while. Nine goals, 18 assists this year, and uh, he has not played since uh, the 28th of December. Uh, Max Domi trying to come back by the end of January with his hand injury. Jonathan Huberdeau still on track for early March from his Achilles injury. Patrick Lina, concussion, a tough, uh, a tough hit there uh, that he received, and um, uh, he received it against Buffalo. And he is, uh, uh, he, he is going to be out uh, at least uh, three games, which looks to be uh, through uh, definitely through the weekend. We'll see maybe by next weekend, Lina might come back having a dynamite. 